Warning. Please note that this podcast contains strong language and touches on many topics that may not be considered appropriate for a work environment. If you choose to listen to this podcast where you can be overheard, we are not responsible for the consequences of your decision. You've been warned. try to go through and give some extra content on Patreon. I have some ideas that might be fun that have absolutely nothing to do with the podcast, but it does have things to do with one of Noel's loves. Speaking of no, speaking of everything, let's go with the business. Get that out of the way. Yeah, because nobody wants to listen to us talk about business, but we need to do this. So, Alright, the first thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsor, Copper Fraud Games. This is being recorded on my birthday, July 23rd, and this is the day that the Kickstarter for Chiseled comes out. So, the link to the, chi- ki- the Kickstarter is the link to the Kickstarter is going to be in the show notes. It's a very long link. Go through, support Copper Frog Games. They have videos, more information about their deck building game, Chiseled. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm going to see if I can get time with Mike of Copper Frog Games to go through and do a playtest of it. Um, and we do thank Copper Frog Games for their for the support of this podcast. It is really appreciated. I'm running on an actual good computer and not a sloppy jalopy like my other one was. That being said, next thing is go like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you do to listen to your podcast on the podcast platform. Uh, helps with algorithms, helps us get more notice, helps us get other sponsors, hopefully in the future, like Copper Frog Games. Yes. Um, sponsors and donating to the podcast via our Patreon or just throwing money at us because you've got a couple bucks. 
and you would like us to not starve or die of caffeine withdrawal um, or just because do you think our time is worth something? Everything um, like that in regards to donating to our website is also donating to us in regards to helping us out is on our website at www.xchromosomepodcast.com as links to all of our social media, as links to our Patreon, as links to our one-time donation. If you want to actually just send us two bucks by PayPal or one dollar by PayPal, it's up to you. <clears throat> We're not going to complain. Anything helps. Yeah. Um, it lets us buy subscriptions. It lets us upgrade our gear. You know, it it lets us it lets Bill afford medication so that he doesn't die because he's unemployed. So, well, hopefully that'll we be changing soon too. Yeah, we appreciate all of your support. We thank our Patreon uh, supporters and our sponsors from the bottom of our cold little hearts. Um, we would probably be screaming into the void anyway, but it's nice to know somebody cares. One way that you know that you won't be screaming into the void, though, is if you decide to send us feedback, write us about anything, send us questions, tell us your story. We want to go through and hear from you. Our email address is write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. Again, write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. We do want to hear from you. We want to have open communication with the people out there. This is a podcast that is designed to be intersectional and inclusive. So we can't, well, we can do that better if we're hearing diverse stories from you, our diverse listeners. Um, tell us about anything, if it's vaguely feminist related. Um, talk about health experiences. Talk about, um, the experiences being LGBTQ, being um, disabled, being neurodiverse, being um, a person of color and existing, and your experiences with that. Um, I will read all of your stories on the air. Um, not on the subject of reading things on the air. I had a brilliant idea. If there are haters out there, you know who you are. You spite listen. Um, Please, please review the show. Let me know how you really feel about me. I'll read them for our subscribers. I will do mean tweets episodes <laughs> for bonus content as, as long as we are getting mean tweets. <laughs> so, I mean, if all you do is write nice stuff, it's not going to be as funny. Yeah, see, since I basically run the Twitter, everything that generally goes through the Twitter tends to be um, either one, I type nice stuff, or two, I retell and re-share all the, the fucking shit that happens in the world through Twitter. Um, between Facebook and Twitter, we got everything handled. So double check over social medias where um, we're now starting to do a poll of the week. Yes. And that will be give the question will be given at the end of the show, but last week's poll question was our pop tarts ravioli. And the answer through the polls because we did I put the poll on Twitter along with Facebook. Oh, you is, put it on Twitter. Yep. 
I put it on Twitter and Facebook just to get all the poll coverage that we get because some people hate the Facebooking and some people like the tweeting. Um, no, it is not ravioli. A resounding okay. no, it is not ravioli. I actually had a fight with about this with a friend of mine when I mentioned it to him. Um, Milky was like, he, Milky was on the side of, I, unless he was just giving me a rib, I was like, uh-huh, it is ravioli. I'm like, all right, fine. Next time you come to my house, I'm going to serve you a boiled Pop-Tart. <laughs> I mean, if you boil it in, you know, oil. No, that's not, that's not boiling. That's frying. <laughs> if you boil it in really hot oil, it, frying is just boiling thing. No, it's not. <laughs> um, it's a completely different cooking thing. Um, and the worst thing about this poll, to be quite honest, folks, is right when the podcast ended, Noel's spouse just went off about it. And I thought the backup bot got it, but it didn't. I was like, that would have been such good extra content. <laughs> but no. You do not get to hear the rantings of the pirate. We do have some stuff to talk about, and a lot of it is shitty. Let's talk uh, about the shitty thing that happened to you first. That you were Oh, my, my personal shitty thing. Yes. So. That you're like, I need to do the podcast this week because... We need to talk about this. Let me pull this up. I should have done more research on this extremely problematic goth. This is from Goths for Equality, um, which is a Facebook group for the goths. Um, the post states, um, Adora Batbrat somehow doesn't see this uh, this as racist. Racist. Um, I'm trying to get it pulled up in a way that doesn't suck. There we go. <clears throat> it is a picture of a goth girl with, we'll post the linky as well, so you can um, stress about this girl's hair with me. But that's the only, that's not the only problematic thing about this picture. Um, she's very pale. Uh, she's got some very 90s eyebrows going on. She's wearing a bindi. Um, and most importantly, this extremely pale woman is wearing a shirt that says, I'm a black girl. Adora Batbrat's caption is, on my way to Amphi, give me a hug if you see me. Um, want to give her a hug with a folding chair to face. Uh, but the recaption is from Instagram. She thinks it's okay because she's goth and black is a color. She also said that in her country, quote, under parentheses, Sweden, it's acceptable because people are, quote, educated enough to know it's a joke. Immediately, she went on the defensive and is going on about how she's not racist. I'm extremely confused, dear listeners. Extremely. I have no idea how anyone with a grasp of vernacular English, which she clearly has because she had, she knew she had, she knew she fucked up and she had a defense prepared. Um, so she knew she did something wrong and she knows she's being racist and she's upset that she got called on it and her quote cuteness isn't enough to protect her. 
um, and she can't play the. I'm from Sweden. Wheat? No, no, no. Black people in Sweden are still going to be offended by that shirt. Pretty sure. Um, and I sailed into the comments on Saturday night after fair because I have nothing better to do in the motel room before the sweet embrace of oblivion carries me away. Plus, it was hot as fuck and I was irritable. Um, even after my shower. So I, this one comment was color is not culture from this woman. And I sailed into her and explained with small words that there is no way if you have a grasp of colloquial vernacular English in the current day that you can think that this shirt on this girl is not racist. There is a vast linguistic difference between a black person and a person who loves wearing black all the time. She is claiming it's the latter. We all know it's not. My explanation ended with sit down and shut the fuck up. This butthurt, delicate flower finds my nine to five workplace. I had it listed on my Facebook profile publicly because I'm proud of where I work. I have since altered what's listed um, so people will find the podcast and give me things to talk about as I am doing right now. Because um, that's what I do. I punch Nazis on the internet. I want a letter saying, you're the executive director. What are you going to do about this? Tell you to sit down and shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Um Sorry, I'm not yelling at you, Bill. But <laughs> So I wake up Sunday morning to a text from our office manager being like, so what's going on here? She found my, my place of business. She was so upset that she found my employer, gave them a one-star review, said she would not recommend us, and screen-capped my response, which my, my office manager sent unto me. And is like, I don't know what's going on here. And I explained it, and I pulled up the original thread. And uh, jokes on this bitch, the owner of the company's from Haiti. <laughs> and is very black. And once he once presented with, they were like, no, this we understand who you are and what's going on here. And we got your back, but we need to know what's going on so we know exactly how to address this situation with this person. I am very blessed. Um, it's my first doxing. I'm so happy. I made a racist so mad they tried to get me fired. Yeah, I really hope they wrote my ball. I really hope they wrote uh, the owner of Barden Broad as well and <laughs> attempted to post a negative review of Barden Broad. Um, some of my boss's ancestors there are Syrian. His grandfather is, is a Syrian immigrant, so yeah. The owner of Barden Broad may be a godless capitalist, but only <laughs> until it gets in the way of him making money, which is the most capitalist, which is Zen capitalism at its finest. And I really think that's uh, the only sort of capitalism that should be, you know, <laughs> Capitalism is great until it gets in the way of making you money. Yeah, but, when, you yeah. Told, when you told me that, I was like, oh, that's, this is going to be fun. 
<laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know, and it was basically, they, they're like, no, we want you to be proud of where you work. And I'm like, yeah, but I can protect you from bigots and bullshit. And they're like, okay, and that's why you're doing this? Yeah, that's why I'm doing this. So they understand, we understand everything is cool. Um, I continue to be employed. So that's me one, bigot zero. Their main concern was, uh, we don't want you to, we don't want you to ups to end up having a problem with uh, fu uh, current or future patients because of this thing. And I said, uh, my final text was, anyone who has a problem knowing I say fuck is probably not a good match for me. Not that I swear on the clock, but in general, I don't do well with people who try to police my language. That's my job. I have a, a work vocabulary. I have an I have a podcast vocabulary, which is mostly fuck, and then fifty cent words or seventy five cent words that uh, are Jeopardy clues, or on the GRE. But that was that was my that was my Sunday. Over breakfast, was explaining to my office manager that someone was doxing, trying to dox me, and they were upset. They were upset and concerned that this person went through all of the trouble to try to get me fired. It's like that's not uh, that's not ideal. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's okay. It's a common tactic. Yeah, that's why I didn't go. I never went through and will not go through and ever put my place of work on my profiles just to avoid all of that. However, it doesn't really help you sometimes with if they have your full name, they can just Google it up and it'll be on one of those other things depending on email addresses from businesses and the whatnot. Um, yeah. Determined people will find where you work and they will be shitty. Um, yep. I'll at least get the lazy ones on the podcast by, by way of reading their mean tweets. Um, fuck them so fuck that bitch I'm still right and she's still a racist and a, an apologist for racists which you know is more words to say she's a fucking racist alright so let's talk about other people that are basically racists even though they claim not to be racist in their intent for example white woman claims she invented the hair bonnet Oh my god, this bitch. This stupid $100 silk sleep bonnet that... What? Oh my fucking god, I cannot handle this woman. Oh, wait, I, I, th this comes from theglowup.root.com the root. All of our links will be in the podcast notes. Um, a white woman may have secured her spot in the Columbusing Hall of Fame after claiming she invented an accessory used by black women ever since Earlene Jackson delayed her escape to the Underground Railroad by informing Harriet Tubman, hold up, I forgot my hair bonnet. In the article with Fashion Magazine, entrepreneur Sarah Morantz Lindenberg claims she came up with the idea of a washable silk head wrap that prevents breakouts and preserves hairstyles. Okay. N now we're going to hold up and I'm I'm going to be white for a second. Um I was pausing so you'd be white. Okay. But I'm also in defense of black women 
for starters. One, silk has been around for fucking ever, and we've been using silk to protect hair of all types, not just the 4C area. Um, there's hair rating types. That's a whole other ball of wax. And if I can get a stylist on to talk about it, I totally will because hair is amazing. Um, and the policing of hair is a big issue. Um, I have fine, thin hair. It's delicate. It's I get split ends easy. I have to spend a lot of time using a protective hairstyle and different pillowcases to keep my hair from getting split ends because I have the wrong texture fabric and we've been using silk pillowcases since before my grandmother was born just as a protective thing they've been inexpensive or satin pillowcases as well especially with the advent of fucking plastic silk um, and you know the synthetic satin which is the same texture as real silk um it made it extremely affordable we've been using this to protect our hair all and especially the black community because their hair is amazing but also can be curly hair can be a really big pain in the ass um i so i've heard from all of my friends who have hair that has any sort of body in it um all right i gotta tell people really you need to go and read the article because the author of this article michael harriet he is funny as hell yeah it's a beautiful article and there are some (laughs) glorious tweets we're gonna hit some highlights i read the whole thing aloud but lindenberg's bonnet is different first of all it's organic which means okay I don't know what the hell that means. I thought all silk was organic. But maybe Becky the bonnet maker knows a secret Monsanto robot silkworm experiment. Or perhaps she's just part of a plot to start a transatlantic silkworm trade. I I bet Becky is a silk supremacist. I bet Sarah is a silk supremacist. Ugh. <laughs> uh. When I read Secret Monsanto's Robot Silkworm, I had a mute on my thing to use of the laughter. <laughs> yeah. Just I, the the caucasity of this woman. And it's $98! It's $100 fucking dollars! You can get a synthetic satin sleep cap at CVS for less than $10. There is literally no need for this product. If you need to, if you are tempted to buy this product, please take those $98 and give them to us. We'll do something useful with them. For fuck's sake. Stupid white women. It's annoying. And now, now that we're all wound up, we can talk about the fact that Polish cities and provinces have declared LGBT free zones. And the Law and Justice Party leader has declared that the LGBT people are a threat to Polish identity, to our nation, to its existence, and thus to the Polish state. Uh, spoiler alert for the Law and Justice Party. Queer Polish <laughs> queer Polish people have existed since before your party was invented. So we need to move on with that. This is just 
kind of horrifying that this is happening in Europe again. Again. Didn't, didn't our grandparents, and by our, I mean my generation's grandparents, go overseas and murder a bunch of people about the rounding up and slaughtering of uh, queer individuals, along with, you know, anybody else the Nazis didn't like? The idea is to focus on countering what is officials called Western LGBT ideology. That they exist and they're people? I mean, I don't understand the problem there. And I guess if the Nazis hadn't burnt all of the queer studies that had been going on up until that point at the, I forget the Institute, but we will include that somewhere. Um, there was a huge queer studies institute that the Nazis destroyed, burned, like the massive book burning was burning papers and stuff on queer history. So the Nazis destroyed it. They've been here forever. Um, straight washing is white supremacy. Don't do it. Yeah, I was hoping that this was satire, but um, I'm going to go through and try to find another link for it because it looks like where we got this, the independent, um, they do, they of course are paywalled, um, one article per week. So I want to have multiple items up there, but some of the things are horrifying, like po politicians have been, are, have been, giving, have been given medals for passing this. It's 2019. Can we just stop? For the love of God. Of course not. Of course we can't stop. Do we do we yell about Canada next or Ren Fairs or local news? Let's let's go to local news. Okay. Um, Republican lawmakers in Ohio. These are very local to me because fuck them. Um, Republican lawmakers in Ohio have filed a bill that would clamp down on drag performances by drag performances by minors as child exploitation. Nowhere in the bill is there any mention of beauty pageants, which you know, drag is part beauty pageant at at some levels. Um, Ohio Representative Tim Schaffer, Tim Schaffer, 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 Shit shithead, has proposed a bill in the state legislation. I will provide the link. Um, no, I will the, not. The the one that I posted was for um, pink.co.uk. Yeah, so this is uh, in the state legislature seeking to clamp down on performances by a child under 18 years of age or a mentally or physically handicapped child under 21 years of age in response to a performance by a nine-year-old drag queen. Wait. Performances by a child. What the fuck, guys? Offenders could face up to six months in prison and a $1,000 fine. 
we're putting children in jail and finding them a thousand what the fuck is going on oh and well violators of the law could violations of the law could lead to venues being stripped of their liquor license it confirms he confirms the bill was a response to a performance by a child in a local bar that concerned numerous citizens throughout fairfield county those numerous citizens probably number about 50 i would say 50 the, uh, let me find out how many residents are in Fairfield County, Ohio. Okay, according to the Census Bureau, there are 154,773 people in Fairfield County as of 2017. It is 509 square miles. The county seat is Lancaster. Um, it is south and east of Columbus. Um, it's just south of I-70 and... So it's basically a, so it's basically a Columbus suburb. Uh, Fairfield, uh, I wouldn't say Lancaster is a um, suburb. The county is south of Franklin County. It's nearby. Right. It's maybe an gotcha. uh, maybe an hour from where my butt is planted right now. Um, in 2018, they had 155,782. Um, so. It's growing. And if there are people leaking out of Columbus, they're not the sort of people who are upset by drag shows. Um, Nine-year-old performer Jacob Measley and his family have faced a tidal wave of threats and abuse. Let, let's, let's, re, let's start that sentence again. Nine-year-old performer Jacob Measley and his family have faced a tidal wave of threats and abuse. They're terrorizing a child. But nothing will probably be done about it because someone gets hurt. Uh, as he perform after he performed as Miss Mayhem as at a drag event, his mother explained. Expl his mother told the Toledo Blade that her son decided to take up drag after watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Um. She added that she does not allow her son to perform to songs with sexual lyrics and that she closely monitors his performances, which consist of dance moves learned in gymnastics and dance class. She said, Jacob is just a guy who likes to dress up and dance and feel pretty. It's kind of like Halloween every time he has the opportunity to do it. Schaefer claimed that the show was a very bad example of parenting and likened the performance to human trafficking. He has no idea what he's talking about. So you have a parent who is letting her son do drag, is being involved in the process because it's something that her son enjoys, has established firm ground rules of what he can and cannot do in the performances, as being a... So we have a responsible parent and her son versus a bunch of assholes that don't know any better. Yeah. The mayor of Lancaster, David Scheffler stresses that stress that contrary to claims being spread online, the performer was fully clothed and was not touched by anyone in the audience. 
Um, the specific wording of the bill would outlaw any performance that suggests a minor is participating or engaging in sexual activity, masturbation, or bestiality, and that taken as a whole by the average person applying contemporary community standards appeals to prurient interest. Explain to me how, by any community standards, looking at a child in a costume is sexual at all. What the fuck is with these conservatives and why the fuck do they insist on sexualizing children all the time? Why? Why do they sexualize everything? They sexualize shoulders. They sexualize thighs. They sexualize drag performance. Children. Children's bodies. Um, they're obsessed with other people's genitals. And as apparently a horrific human being, I look at this obsession with other people's bodies, other people's genitals, um, and this knee-jerk habit of sexualizing children, because that's what dress codes do. Um when you say you have to cover up to protect when you tell a child you have to cover up to protect yourself from other people you are or that bra straps are distracting or any of that you are placing sexual content on something that should not be sexualized uh, I wound up tonight but oh I don't get it I don't get how anyone can look at a nine-year-old lip-syncing to a song, wearing makeup, and think that is a section that this child is being sexually exploited, unless the child is actively engaged in being abused in front of you in that moment in that costume. There is nothing about that performance that should have sexual connotations attached to it and they call us the degenerates what is wrong with them i don't understand this viewpoint i just can't and as a you know contemporary human i i don't see how anything a child does could appeal to prurient interest because that's disgusting that's a child You know, those shorts are too short and that shirt's too tight. That's a child. That is a 13 year old girl. What are you doing? Why are you bringing this? Why are you placing this context on her? What is wrong with you? You know, that kind of leads into the next story a little bit because it shouldn't matter and people should fucking behave themselves. Um, let's go to Canada. Oh, we're, let's, let's, let's take a trip, Billy. <clears throat> let's go to Calgary. Um, in, uh, 2014, um, we're going to go to Alberta in the present day, but in Calgary in 2014, a medical, former medical student of the University of Toronto, Prachar Srivatsat... I'm going to butcher it, but I got... I quit. Srivatsativa. 
Some of that. Stava. Uh, fuck this guy. I don't what? even want. I don't want to bother to say his name correctly because he doesn't the, deserve it. He's a rapist. The title of the article is "Exemplary Medical Student Who Raped Unconscious Woman Cave to Temptation." Lawyer argues. Yeah, yeah. He caved to the temptation of putting his hands. What? What? Who looks at an unconscious woman and thinks? I'm going to hit that. I I know. I know the answer. Brock Turner. Um, this fuck. Every rapist who has attacked an unconscious woman ever. T- rapists think that way. Not exemplary human beings. I don't care what his grade point average is. He's, you know, he's a monster. And he should not be around people. He, the prison time starting point for major sexual assault is three years, and that is what he is convicted of. Defense lawyer asked the judge to send his client to jail for 90 days on weekends. He submitted a new position of about 90 months. Um, nine months. Nine months in jail. What the fuck? No. Weekends? You can go to the pokey on weekends. Why? That's five more days. That, that's five days where women in Canada are not safe from this fuck. Oh. Federchuk. This guy needs his license revoked. Hey, people in Canada, can you fucking get on that? Um, Can you hound this person out of the profession? Said people who are held to high standards, like his client, make human errors, giving the examples of Bill Cosby and Tiger Woods. Bill Cosby fucking drugged people. That's not a human error. And I don't understand how don't rape people because it's wrong is a high standard to hold anyone to. I don't care who you are. That's that's the same standard we hold not doctors to. Prosecutor Tiffany Dwyer proposed a four to five year sentence and took issue with Fedorchuk's classification of his client as exceptional. Exceptional. Exceptional people do not rape unconscious women, says Dwyer. The fact that he's educated and his parents are wealthy does not change what he did. Incapacity of a woman woman is not an opportunity. It wasn't an opportunity. It was a choice. He is a predator. Exactly. Yeah, the the doctor, the lawyer is trying to say that um, well, he's got job offers in California and the jobs are offered to him by women. That's besides the fucking point. Ted Bundy had friends who were alive. It's a beautiful, you know, how can uh, uh, one panel cartoon I saw and it was somebody asked a white guy asking a black guy, how can you be racist if you have black friends? And the response was serial killers have friends who are alive. That same way that serial killers who can have friends who are alive. Yeah. Women who have not been assaulted can offer people under rape charges jobs 
they might not be aware of his charges. Because he's in fucking Canada. Even if he gets a pardon or a record suspension, anyone with the internet will learn about will learn about his conviction. Good! You're a rapist. Um he had to withdraw from the medicine program when charges were laid, but the school did allow him to complete a master's degree in biotechnology. They should have expelled him. His victim does not believe his apology is genuine. The rapist chose to make this his life, says the victim on the phone. Um, due to the laws in Canada, the names were withheld for the victims. They were using which is the awesome. name which they are using the name Laura, so that's not her name. Mm -hmm. um, says Laura in a phone interview with CBC News. At least he, at least he had a choice in making this his life. I don't. If he honestly felt any remorse, he would have pled guilty. Instead, he's tortured me by playing innocent. That I don't know why he was allowed to finish his degree, and it, this is the first of first of its kind. Why is it the first of its kind? Well, there's another article. Oh, he was on leave from the university's medical school since 2015 without having completed his degree, according to a source close to the case. Um. Oh no. He, uh, a faculty professor for the Masters in Biotechnology Program on the University of Toronto's website said that this guy graduated from the program this year, 2019. And I've got the correction as to what the first of its kind means here at the bottom, um, which is what I was really looking for. Um, he took an academic leave from 2014 to 2016 in pursuit of multifaceted development and apparently to, you know, rape a woman. Um, it also says he coordinated a clinical trial at the Women's College Hospital in Toronto. Ha! Who knows? Who knows what he did when he was there? <laughs> and the correction states an earlier version of this story said that his conviction was believed to be the first under Calgary's third option program, a reporting choice for victim of, victims of sexual violence that started in 2011. In fact, the conviction is believed to be the first time a defense lawyer challenged the admissibility of a third option kit. According to Laura's testimony, he said to her when she woke up, next to, he was next to her, and he asked her, what's your name anyway? That's the first thing she is aware. I mean, that, that's what she's aware. That, uh, that's the first conversation she's aware of having with him. To, you know, post going to bed hungover, going to bed drunk. The, from the final assessment of the evidence at trial, Justice Antonia found Laura an honest witness and rejected Srivastava's testimony, finding it irreconcilable with other credible evidence and self-serving fabrication. I believe he wanted to obtain sexual gratification from an unconscious stranger, and that is what he did. He deprived her of control over who touched her body and how, and thereby criminally violated her human dignity and autonomy. This judge is great. Oh, Calgary Communities Against Sexual Assault estimates that 20% of sexual assault victims opt to have their rape kits, rape kits stored for up to a year. The third option, which is this storage, gives victims the gift of time. What we know about tra trauma and people who experience sexual violence, 
do experience trauma is that it's very critical for people to be empowered into making their own decisions. So this third option is she needed a little time to figure out what the fuck to do. And Canada allows people to do that. Let's do that here. That sounds awesome. That's a life-changing event. And you can't go into that type of thing willy-nilly. Yeah, it gives you time to actually process what's happened instead of being in an ER and being told you need to decide right now when you don't even know quite what the fuck happened. So the gift of that, that's so important um, to be able to do that. So um, he's going to jail. I don't know for how long. It needs to be the maximum sentence. In fact, the maximum sentence needs to be longer, personally. But what do I know? More anger? Actually, when it comes down to angerlings, I think we are out. Oh, no. I've still got... Did I miss an angerling? Well, I've got one because I I dropped it in later. um, Because we forgot about it. Okay. Um, This is from... The Kansas City Star. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's that one. All right. Yeah. Uh, title of the article, No Sweeping Under the Rug. KC Renaissance Fest Women Speak Up About Sexual Assault. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she was 15 years old when she started working at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Almost immediately, she said older men employed at the festival festival began grooming her. They gave the vulnerable teen gifts, compliments, and attention so that when they made sexual advances, she would be flattered, she said, rather than seeing it as clearly inappropriate. This is disgusting. Oh, in Quinn's second year at the fair, the woman's last name is Quinn, um, she said, one of the men pushed her into a small room where he violently kissed her and tried to take her clothes off. She mostly kept her... Quinn mostly kept her mouth shut about the incident. Last month, however, she joined the ranks of current and former cast members stepping forward to tell their stories of being sexually assaulted by men they met at the festival. In the span of a week, dozens of women from festivals across the country spoke out, some anonymously and some some under their own names, to share their stories on Facebook. Stories went back 20 years and described a pattern of behavior by about a dozen men. A 15-year-old getting her first kiss from a 40-year-old forcibly shoving his tongue down her throat. A teen harassed and groped so often she thought that was how all men treated women, a woman raped in the shower. Uh, Many of the stories were publicly shared on the Facebook page of Amber Lee Bartlett, another former performer. Bartlett did not respond to the star's request for an interview in June. Um, Now, as it's been told constantly um, on this podcast, the Renaissance Fair is something new to the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm a performer. This is I'm very I'm lucky. Kansas City Entertainment Director Brandy Ogier said in a written statement, well, acknowledged that some male performers had preyed on other cast members and that previous management had not acted sufficiently to stop it. What was happening for so long is a huge part of rape culture. Sexual assault and harassment was getting swept under the rug. And this is from Quinn, the performer who joined the festival at 15 and posted part of her story on Facebook. Uh, these kinds of men are referred to as broken stairs. Um, many of those broken stairs who were identified last month had already been banned from Kansas City Renaissance Festival in the last 18 months. Others are under investigation. Despite the changes in Kansas City, Quinn said, victims felt the responsibility to warn people about these men. 
Quinn said it was not uncommon for these men to move on to other festivals after being banned. Since the social media outcry, she has seen festivals in other parts of the country announce plans to ban those accused. Uh, officials at Scarborough Renaissance Fair Festival in Texas told the Star that one of the accused men had attended their fair as a visitor since being banned in Kansas City. He's no longer welcome at the show at the festival. Um, Minnesota Renaissance Festival, who is owned by the same company that owns Kansas City, that would be Mid America Festival. Um, so now the parent company, you know who to go after, um, suspended its entertainment director last year after he was charged with criminal sexual conduct, which I believe is where this podcast came in on Renaissance Festival and rape culture. Yep. I believe we, uh, so we've come full circle, uh, for he charged with criminal sexual conduct for allegedly raping a freelance photographer on festival grounds. The case is pending. A separate lawsuit was served to the company with broader allegations of a decades-long sexually hostile environment in Minnesota. Mid-America reached a settlement with the women before the suit was filed in court. Uh, contacted for comment, Mid-America referred questions to Sheila Engelmeyer, an equal employment opportunity consultant who has worked with the company for 15 years. Well, that's no good. They've hired a consultant. They must be guilty as fuck. Um, Engelmeyer says the allegations in the suit dated back 10 to 20 years. 10 to 20 years. And the company has increased sexual harassment training at festivals since the court case. She said the company already had strict policies for handling sexual assault and harassment allegations, which she believes may have been violated by Kansas City's previous entertainment director. Ugh. Mid-America Festivals does not require background checks for individuals working at the fair, but requires every person to sign a statement promising they have no history of harming people in the workplace. What the fuck? That's a shitty policy. Fix it. It's just horrifying. It took time for women to become less tolerant. Um, somebody who is a personal friend of the former entertainment director for Kansas City um, said she fought with him often over how to effectively handle such allegations of harassment and assault. He had a bad habit of putting the show above the people. The people, okay. Here's the thing, Mr. Stamberg. Um, he Often, York said Stamberg would just move performers around so the accusers didn't have to work with the accused. That doesn't fucking fix it! Oh, yeah, there's just, we'll post the link to this article because it's just endlessly horrifying how this can happen and it's really upsetting um but mr mr stamberg <clears throat> you don't have a show if you don't have people that's the that's and i this is my perspective as somebody who has worked for a show um for the actual festival and now works for an independent vendor um i love my boss I loved my boss, my direct supervisor, when I worked for the Ohio Renaissance Festival directly in their souvenirs department. I was very lucky. Um, my Everywhere I worked, my community had each other's backs. And they we looked after each other from what I saw. If, I'm, if there are shitty people at my show, they need to get the fuck out. Because if I hear about them and I find them... It's not going to end well. One of us is going to say something that they regret. Uh, I'm not going to regret it because I'm going to get filth. I'm going to make sure the trash gets taken out. But I was very lucky. I'm very lucky to work in a booth where I feel safe. 
this is not the experience of everybody. Cast can be very vulnerable. You spend a lot of time together. Um, I know rehearsals get started and you can be, it's weeks of working together and being in half costume, being in, you know, varying, changing uh, states of dress because sometimes you're just wearing your underlayers as a half dress rehearsal and then you do full dress rehearsals for everything and it's like theater except there's these it's very adult on some level with the humor and the interactions and the flirtation because of the period humans were humans interacted differently then um in terms of what was acceptable language um but we're reenacting the fun not the rampant misogyny and abuse of women. That that and the disease are the shit we need to leave in the past. Let's do the dresses. Let's do the fun accents. Let's have a queen. Let's do all of the cool shit. Let's and leave the, the gross out. in the past. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's leave. Let's leave the plague. Let's leave the rampant misogyny. Let's leave the patriarchal bullshit in the in. Tudor England or whenever period the fair the festival is set. Um I'm glad this is finally being addressed. It's appalling that this in, I've posted the the story on my Facebook and I I ranted for a minute. Um and I had people uh come to me and say and tell stories about um men prioritizing their relationships with other men over the safety of women and children at shows that I've attended um, occasionally. This is unacceptable. Um, costuming is not consent. Kilts are not consent. Um, co the only acceptance of a gift is not consent. Acceptance of a compliment is not consent. Talking to you is not consent. Consent is consent. Alcohol consumption, not consent. Consent is consent. And I finished my rant with this concept. Very pointed. And it's bad apples make good cider, but only if you crush them. Uh, because there is an old saw about how apples that have started to spoil make better cider than fresh. Because they've already started to ferment. But if you just leave the bad apple, it's going to spread rot throughout the entire bushel. You have to crush the apples. You have to get, you have to process them out to get a good product. So I'm never not going to be furious about the reputation of men being prioritized over the safety of really everybody else. And this doesn't go for just Renfair. This goes to every type of convention. This is like, this is convention season. Period. Yes. They just finished San Diego Comic Con, which we're going to be talking about very shortly. Because we but, got some cool news. Yeah. Uh, almost all the good news that we're going to talk about basically winds up coming from the Comic Con. Um, but seriously. And. This goes for everybody, men and women. Costuming is not consent. Unless you get actual consent, 
It, you do not have consent. Yeah, don't touch people. Don't touch don't, their costumes. Don't. don't take photos without permission. Yeah, just just as as somebody who costumes and occasionally goes to conventions and works for fair. Just fucking ask me. I'll let, I I will be happy to pose for a picture if you think my costume is Just ask me. I'll be happy to talk about my costumes. I'll be happy to let you feel the texture of a fur I am wearing if it is cold. I will let you touch me if you ask. If you grab for me, I'm not going to respond well, and neither will anyone else who works with me in the booth. I've watched, because I had a creepy guy in the booth compliment me and get into my space and loom um, a couple seasons back at ORF. Um, and I watched as my husband and is not a small man, but he's not very tall. And my six foot something boss, I swear he's six foot tall. He's huge, broad shoulders, big, very vaguely Arabic looking dude. And, and this, this little grubby pirate, shorter, shorter, stockier grubby pirate are converging from two different directions from like in a pincer move from behind me to be in my peripheral forward arc, so I knew they were there. But he wasn't aware, because they looked like they were just, you know, moving about the booth. But they were moving into a position to deal with this guy if he got... If if there was any indication I needed help handling myself. Good. Um, I'm very lucky. I shouldn't have to keep my temper while patrons who are drunk make male patrons specifically who are drunk make inappropriate comments about my costume and about my endowments. I shouldn't have to worry about my husband being groped by drunk women because that happens. Drunk pe- <laughs> drunk patrons feel very entitled, some of them, and it's appalling. This is where the kilts are not consent. Um, I've heard this with LARPing as well. There are some people who will just grab and kilt check, which is an intimate gesture. Um, Men. This is generally women more than men, but women will grope men simply because they have a kilt on without asking. They'll just grab them. And that's fucking appalling. Don't do that. Don't make comments about women in courses. Especially not in my shop. I'll throw you out. I It will get ugly, and it will get ugly quickly. And you'll say things you'll regret. And I'll say things that I know my boss is not going to fu- yell at me over. We might have to smooth things over with the show when the patron complains. And my boss says, no. My employee was protecting her customers from being harassed. But, meh, I've been blacklisted for making somebody cry before. I didn't know that you were blacklisted from fair at all. This is for for a year. For a year. Um, it was it was mended after a year of thinking. It made made someone cry. <laughs> really? For this? After all my years of service for the show, this is how you do this is what you do? This is how you treat me? Alright. I was very upset all year because I you know, well, one, I needed the money, and 
this blacklisting for no good reason um, was impacting my ability to eat. But among other things, it was very hurtful that I could not address the situation and the the automatic response was, you're not welcome here. And then now in 2019 to realize that there is a culture of allowing people who do far worse than make someone cry exist in my community and continue to show up at shows and continue to be predators it just makes it worse okay now this might go this may uh, up to you go up for patreon only but what did you say i don't even remember <laughs> i had i had no idea i had done anything wrong until i was told i'm not allowed to work for fair i've been blacklisted i went to the office and said what is this what do you mean? What is going on? And I had an argument with the person who was in charge of blacklisting me. I was furious for a minute. And then I and then I sobbed all over um, the booth I now work for um, in front of my boss. Felt pretty damn bad. Um, and gave me a diet ginger ale. And let me get my pull my shit together and then go home. But it's kind of why I'm really proud to work for him is because he is a man of great compassion. Um, despite the capitalism, which is really he just likes to go on vacation <laughs> um, to exotic, fun places like Morocco and Paris and. Iceland and places like that. So it's funny he, the way that you just said that that you don't even know what it was that it reminded me of when I one of my previous jobs I lost I was told that I said something on social media about work when I fully well knew that I refused to talk about or even hint at work on social media and I'm like what was it? They're like, well, we can't tell you, but we're not going to fight your unemployment. Uh, I should have sued. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm wondering if you actually made actually made someone cry, and it wasn't just someone that complained, uh, pitched a humongous fit. I don't know. I really hope I did make somebody cry because then, then it was worth it. So. Back to things that are worth it. Let's go into the brighter side of news. Okay. Do, do we do we well, let's do we just talk start about Valkyrie first? Let's talk well, about Valkyrie. Before we talk about Valkyrie, because we mentioned this last week, um, I'm going to post the link to the tweet up. But um, the Archer Initiative, um, they oh them. Yes, yes, they posted some some lovely art. Um, about... After hearing so many D and D related comments about my Pride Nights project, I wanted to create something in ode to fantasy RPGs and the moments that make them special. So here are faithful knights in action, preparing to fight one of their main baddies, bigotry. And it's a really cool piece of art. 
yeah, it's got the Prime Knights at the bottom and like a looming shadowy form and like uh, padded leather armor as bigotry. <laughs> I thought that was cool. So I wanted to start just mentioning that. And now Marvel. And now Marvel. Now, Marvel is getting is setting up phase four of their of their movies, and a lot of news and notes came out of San Diego Comic Con. Um, so many. A lot of it having to do with um, various up and coming movies, but we're going to focus on two movies that came through. Um, first, first Thor four. Yes. One, Taika Waititi is going to be directing it, which means it's going to be amazing! Because Ragnarok was, hands down, the best Thor movie. Um, it's probably one of the best fucking Marvel movies out of the first ten years. Because it was so like everything you want in a comic book. There was action, there wasn't a whole lot of stupid love plot. There was Thor punching... Hulk and Hulk punching Thor, and really, that's all we ever needed in a movie. Um, I loved it. Um, but the title is Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, first amazing, second amazing thing about Thor, Love, and Thunder after the director. Um, Natalie Portman is returning as Jane Foster, and she is Thor. So we're going comic book continuity. Jane Foster is the god of thunder. When Tessa Thompson, who played Valkyrie in Ragnarok, had the mic during the panel, um, she said, as king of New Asgard, her first order of business was to find her queen. Let's all sit Mar with that. Marvel did confirm that Valkyrie is bisexual. Um, there was a scene that was cut from the main movie, but I believe went into the deleted scenes that also confirmed yeah. this from Ragnarok. Um, but this is the first confirmed character for the community. Yes, and that she's... Um, Tessa wants to be true to the character. Um, everybody is... I mean, there's a million tweets about... Um, how Brie Larson is scrambling to get to set for the um, as Queen of New Asgard um, and Captain Marvel and Valkyrie as a couple. I mean, I can get behind that. Um, Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson have stoked this particular love flame a few times, each giving fans of the ship tons of hope that two characters will have a romance in an upcoming film or films. At the Endgame premiere, Larson was very happy to be in Thompson's presence, and Thompson had already designated Carol Danvers as somebody Valkyrie would definitely spoon with. Um, sure, uh, Carol has Lashana Lynch's Marie Rambeau, who many posited as a, comp as, as a companion for Carol, but being human and all, she probably wouldn't enjoy Captain Marvel flying off to other planets for years or decades at a time. Um, I think it would all depend on the age of her daughter at the time. I mean, if her daughter was doing her own thing on Earth, mm -hmm. why not go with her? Just, 
enjoy this. Um, what if it's Thor? What if Valkyrie and Thor hook up? What if Valkyrie, Thor, and Captain Marvel are Polly and fight evil? I wonder how much... I'm making such a squished face of, of excitement about it. Yeah, and immediately I was thinking, all right, but then we have a... But then you might make turn in the future to almost be um, Marvel Beaches. Um, because in the comics, um, Jane has cancer. Don't ruin don't just let us let us let us have let us let us enjoy this for right now don't go into extra con comic continuity let's just have thor the god of thunder being jane foster let's just have the king of as the king of new asgard being a woman let's just sit with all of this gendered concept subversion and be happy and have a minute where in a perfect timeline we have Carol Danvers Valkyrie and the mighty Thor as a trio of women fighting evil and snuggling at night let's just have that for a second and then we can talk about comic continuity later <laughs> now, I'm the, now I'm thinking about um Natalie Portman did some raps with the Lonely Island. Um, basically, like hardcore, violent rap. Uh, basically, the, the 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 theme of them basically are, "I'm Natalie Portman, fuck you." <laughs> I mean, which seems to be a very Natalie Portman thing, right? Just, I'm Natalie Portman, and fuck you, that's why. Pretty much. And I'm okay with that. Um. I want to say that um, Natalie Portman did show her acting chops at the Endgame premiere. Um, and I'm talking about at the premiere, not, at, not in the movie itself. Um, because she basically went to the premiere and said, yeah, I have absolutely no more interest in doing these movies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and everybody believed her. And she's like, wait, I get to be Thor? Never mind. I lied. <laughs> I, think, I, think she, I think she secretly already knew that mm. she was going to be Thor in the next phase. Um... Oh, so you think the these movies meant the the phase one and two? Well, it, because phase, the new Thor is coming in the phase four, um, because uh, or something like something like that. But um, I think that at the Endgame premiere, she already knew. Hey, um, we want you to be in the next Thor movie. You're gonna be Thor. Can you keep a lid on it if you want to do this? And she did. <laughs> what? 
<gasps> okay, so apparently from from the panel, Chris Hemsworth walked over and handed Natalie Portman Mjolnir. <laughs> How? Why are they so perfect? Oh my god! Because Chris Hemsworth is going to be running around with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I know, as Guardians of the Galaxy is a thing. But no, why are these humans so... I, I don't want anything to be horrible about them, because I couldn't handle it. Because they're so sweet and I, I couldn't handle good. it either. I wouldn't be able to handle it either, because we're going to be... In, while we're waiting for these movies, we're going to have the um, Disney streaming service throwing us Loki. We're going to have um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. We're going to have WandaVision. People, and people have already, has have been like for years already shipping Bucky and uh, I, I think of him from 8 Miles Clarence. <laughs> um, Bucky and Falcon. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel is basically trying to go through and make dreams come true. <laughs> um, I I'm okay if for them taking mouse money and spending it on making everything wonderful. You know, um, there there was a there was a someone said something or there was a meme or something like that, basically saying, "Look, people." You've gone through and allowed television and screen time to raise your children. Well, did you ever think that maybe Disney is realizing that they screwed up in the past and they're trying to fix it with things such as a black aerial and all of these changes to the various things with the um, updated versions of the movies? Maybe the mouse money is actually trying to actually do something outside of just making a bunch of money? Yeah, maybe they're getting shit together. We raised all these fucked up kids, let's fix it? Mm -hmm. Like, even with the new Mulan uh, trailer, um, it's badass. Um, Rumor says that there's going to be or it's been told that there's going to be no musical numbers in it, no dragon or anything like that, um, which will disappoint some people, but if you're trying to be realistic to the time, it will be an improvement. Mm. So, but the next news that came out of Comic-Con, um, the Eternals. Um, a deaf character played by deaf actress. How amazing is that? Um, they are in the Eternals. They are um, changing. They are gender bending a character, um, which I don't care if they are or not. Um, the character of Makari, um, who is in the um, in the Marvel universe, a deaf character, um, but they're having a woman of color that is deaf playing the character. Um, again, deaf actress. Playing deaf character. Makari. Yep. Uh, Lauren Ridloff. (laughs) 
so that is an important thing. Yeah, sure, they... Uh, one of the things that they did with the movie also okay, mentioning okay. is that they um, they got Angelina Jolie onto the movie. I think a part of that is um, not many people have heard of the Eternals, so they want more eyes to it. And this is going to be one of those things where I hope this allows more eyes just to get to all the people that are going to be going into the Eternals because it should be a fun flick in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the name, the, the actress is named Lauren Ridloff. Yeah. Um, she's born deaf. Um, she's best known for her role in the Broadway play Children of a Lesser God. Um, and she's also been on the Walking Dead. She'd go to her IMDb. She's a big deal. Yeah, most people from everything that I read, the first thing that pops up is the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Um, this is scheduled to be released November two thousand and twenty. Soon. So yeah, that is also a great addition that Marvel is doing in regards to the MCU and in, and life in general. So way to go, Marvel. Yes. Um, also, it was brought up that there was a trans superhero on Supergirl played by a trans actor. And actor is a, really a gender-neutral term. So, um, I don't know the character, but we will get that information. Um, if you already watched Supergirl, you already know what we're talking about. But really, um, abled actors should not be playing roles that they don't have any con any concept about doing. Like, if you're not deaf, don't play a deaf character. Um, let autistic people represent themselves. Uh, there was um, an actress recently run it, won an award, and she couldn't get on stage because she's wheel she's she needs a wheelchair to get around, and the stage wasn't accessible, so she could not. go accept the award herself because she couldn't get on stage. What the fuck? Let's let's make accessibility a thing. Um and soon and awesome. Um let's let people rep let's let communities represent themselves. And be cool. Um, I had a thought and it ran away. There's like one more thing to be excited about. Oh, there's a Harriet Tubman movie coming out. Um, starring Cynthia Irvio and it looks amazing. And it's really a story that should have had an excellent movie made about it already. So be on the lookout for that. No, I 
while you say that it should have already been done, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering that um, maybe the fact that it's done now it, it will help with due to better overall technology. I'd be afraid that in the past it would come out as campy. Or whitewashed. Yeah, that's fair. that's a fair point. Um, and something like this, it needs to be done True. well. And based on the trailer, yeah, I think this is going to be done well. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, and then one last thing to wrap up, since we're doing happy. This makes me super happy. Um, this is from Willamette Week um, out of Portland. And if somebody writes in and says it's Willamette, fuck you, I don't care. I'm from Ohio, not Portland. Screw you. Um, but um, <clears throat> the article is titled Nike Show Newton was inspired to launch Meals for Six Seals after noticing all the fast food bags in her stripper girlfriend's car. Headline, a local chef creates a service to deliver late night health food to sex workers. So one, props for identifying um, exotic dancers as sex workers. Because that's important. Um, it also it, it helps make people understand how big a thing and many faceted a thing sex work really is that it doesn't just involve exchanging physical affection for money Um, but the opening line is a few years ago Nikesha Newton noticed something strange in her girlfriend's car the woman she was dating at the time who as as a stripper and a rugby player lived an active life had a vehicle full of empty fast food bags um, there are few late night food options in Portland, let alone healthy late night options. So Newton's girl and Newton's girlfriend didn't feel comfortable going anywhere sit down after work. Probably because she was tired of dealing with people and would have to go through a lot of work to get out of her work face, and she just wanted to eat food and go home. Um, if it's anything like getting ready for fair, I absolutely understand the sentiment. Um, eat food, go home. Um, so Newton began cooking vegetable-rich comfort food for her to take to the club. I guess it was just wanting to nourish her, she says. Her co-workers would make comments, and she was kind of just like, you know, they would pay you if you delivered this food. The experience eventually inspired her to launch Meals for Six-Inch Heels. And that's Meals, f- the number four, Six-Inch Heels, which brings healthy flavor for meals to sex workers at their jobs. Orders are placed via direct message through Instagram. That's at Meals for Heels. At Meals, the number four heels. And then cooked and personally delivered by Newton herself. So this woman is doing God making fucking gorgeous food. And then hand delivering it to people who work at strip clubs and would like to not eat garbage um she spends she now she launched it in late january um now she spends her weekdays planning her menu and sourcing ingredients from local farms 
her weekend nights driving meals to strip clubs around Portland from Club 205 in deep in the deep southeast uh, to reveal lounge in the West Hills. Her most popular dish is the Freegan Vegan, a bowl of roasted plantains, brown rice, and brown rice cooked with to- brown rice cooked with tomatillos and cilantro, and roasted apples rubbed with lime juice and curry powder. It sounds fucking amazing. I want people to bring me this amazing food at my work. <laughs> I just want to bring different eclectic flavors to Portland in general, and especially especially to the sex worker community. Everyone should be excited about food, and everyone should have access to healthy food. She saw a need. She filled it. She's amazing. She's my hero. For at least today. Because that's amazing. Yeah, Noelle literally found this story right before we went on air. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the photo on the Instagram. I mean, I'm not one for being eating a lot of vegetarian food, but looking at that, I'd eat that. Yeah, Bill doesn't eat anything except, you know, Taylor ham and Dunkin' hey, Donuts ice hey, coffee. Hey, hey, I do not eat Taylor ham. I also do not eat pork roll because I don't live in New Jersey. <laughs> I had to I make eat... fun of you. You eat garbage. <laughs> I, Let's I be eat... honest. I eat peanut butter sandwiches, and I drink Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. <laughs> yeah, he, he eats peanut butter sandwiches and drinks Dunk's iced coffee. And noodles with butter. And noodles with butter. Which, I mean, that's food. But there's so much more. No, but honestly, just cooking uh, any type of, like, even vegetarian meal is something that you have to think about when it's, like... Or that some people have to really think about when you're not trying to do something that's just basically a salad. Um, mm-hmm. My roommate does this thing called Movies and Munchies. Um, every couple of months, he gets people together. Um, he puts together a menu based off the movies or things of that nature. Um, I offered to make a dish for it. Um, and it turns out that the vegetarian option wasn't going to be able to be made because he couldn't find a couple ingredients that he was looking for because he's hardcore to like looking into this type of thing. Um, so I was like, I'll go through and make something, put something together. Um, only reason that my thing wasn't vegan was because I put uh, buffalo mozzarella in it. Um, but it was like, just trying to put a twist on it, and just like everywhere else in the country, it has been fucking hot. So, since he was making a, a ceviche, I wanted to make something equally cold. Um, so I put together a, basically a play on caprese salad, but instead of the um, tomatoes, I used strawberries. Because we had someone allergic to tomatoes. And I was like, just racking my head in general just trying to figure out what to do how to make it something that's filling and tastes good and it went off without a hitch in general um but it took spoons and for me to go through and put that much thought into it it for a dish that i'm not used to making or it's like brand new to me 
Um, I give her, I, she's a chef, so she, she has a mind of a chef. So this is a great service that she's doing. Um, and I wish her all the best with this for the future. Yes, because people deserve to eat. And they deserve healthy food. Even if it's a bowl of ramen and salt. Uh, no, you should not eat ramen and salt. You should eat real food. Yeah, Noelle, you should eat real food. <laughs> I had a lovely mac and cheese with veggies and ham. Well, that see, we got all the news that we wanted to say. Noelle, do you have a question? Oh, do I have a question? I don't. All right. Give me a minute to. What could I possibly ask? Um, that's weird. I want to save my question for around September. Oh dear, it must be really good. I mean, we could ask. I, I want my question to be seasonal, so. Oh, seasonal. I know your question now, and it yep. is. It's very seasonal. Um, although that'll be, they'll probably start talking about it in August. Yeah. Um, but we could always ask, is a hot dog a sandwich? Or is it a taco? All right, see, I like the way that you worded that. Because you said, is it a sandwich or a taco? And not, is it a sandwich or not? Because it's, I mean, I consider a hot dog to be its own specific food because its buns are, a, a hot dog bun is a unique kind of item. And well, you use it specifically just for this one food. It's like, to go through and transport sausages into your gullet. Your face. It, into your face. Um, yep. So, but it, it's not like if if you put a hot dog in a wrapped around a slice of bread, does that? What does that do? What does it? What What is that? Because you can do that when you're broke and you have bread and you have hot dogs, um, and it's not bad. I've eaten it a lot. Honestly, that when it comes down to hot dogs, I prefer just to put it on a slice of bread. No point of going through and pay extra money for a hot dog bun when it does the job. Yeah, so, but, you know, a, a bun cut lengthwise is essentially at like a very soft taco shell. Yep. So, the deeply philosophical question, is a hot dog a sandwich or a taco? And then we can get into is a sub sandwich a taco as well because it's the same bun theory. The sub sandwich thing is something a little bit different. I'll, I'll explain that when we get into that theory later. How on. is a sub sandwich different than a Chicago because, dog? Because a lot of, at least the subs that I eat, the bread is cut completely through. Oh, okay. That's the with the bread cut completely through. Then 
Yeah, that's slightly different than a cohesive U-shaped vessel to convey other ingredients into your mouth. Right. So a lot of a lot of the places, in, at least Boston and uh, when I live in New Jersey, they cut the bread completely through the subs. Um, however, I see the I see the idea with that. Um, but so, question is: Is a hot dog a sandwich or a taco? I will put polls on both Facebook and Twitter to go through and get this mystery solved. And we'll also try to tally up uh, reviews. You can reference the question of the week in your review because we don't. If you have anything that you really need to tell us, write. We want you to write the show and not put it in your review. Uh, because asking you to rate and review us on pl- podcast platforms is simply algorithmic. It is nothing to do with our ego. Um, just the five-star reviews um, allow us to be visible and allow more people to enjoy this insanity. I mean, if you want to write us, I want to write something nice about the podcast in your review so other people know what they're downloading, feel free. You got co-hosts that curse a lot. That's, that's all I'd write. The co-hosts curse a lot. It's fun. <laughs> um, but you do you. Um, we had been asking people to tell us their favorite dinosaur, um, but we haven't had some. We haven't had any movement on the front. So reference the question of the week after you've listened to the episode. You go and rate it. Um, tell us your answer. It'll give Bill something to do while he's unemployed. <sighs> Well, that being said, we're going to awkwardly go through and end this podcast. Um, go to our website, xchromosomepodcast.com. All of our social media, including where these polls are going to be, will be uh, through the website. Um, you can find all our links to social media. Um, our Patreon, our links to donate, everything It will be on the website. Um, past episodes, things of that nature. Um, again, write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. We read all your emails. If you get permission, we will read them on the air. So I will get out my announcer voice and my smooth customer service voice even to read them. So give me something to read. Tell me some stories. So that being said, my name is Bill. Bill got cut off. My name's Noelle, and we all have an X chromosome. Get out, Craig. Get out. Fuck off. Bye, bot. Bye. I can only yell at this bot for so long before I just yell at the leave. Craig, leave.